0: it's good to see everyone tonight, and uh, man, it's been a good day, busy day, I know a lot of graduations are happening, and uh, parties and stuff are going on, so it's been really good. Well, you have a treat tonight, as promised, we got, uh, we got missionary Mike Van Horn with us, of course he was here with us in Easter, and uh, God has blessed him this weekend, we could be praying for souls, I don't want to steal his thunder, but he's been ministering here in Leavenworth, uh, Kansas, and ministering in the prisons there, and seeing men come to faith in Christ. So we can be praying for the word of God to continue to increase there. Uh, be praying for, um, uh, we'll pray more later. I've got the prayer pieces ready to go. But just be praying for all that God is doing next week. The Lord's Supper's coming. So tonight we you to be praying for all of those things. But we'll get to the prayer needs in a minute. I want to give uh, Brother Mike as much time as he needs to come up and encourage us tonight in the word of God as, uh, as uh, he can have. So come on up, Brother Mike. and It's been good. He, he came to talk about uh, and share with us the ministry of the Wallace Foundation And uh, he came to the pastor's meeting and he's staying over to preach. So I appreciate that, brother. So God bless you. Thanks for coming and being with us tonight. God bless you.
1: One of my favorite churches to come to, brother. I mean that with all my heart. Amen. Uh, Well, it is good to be here. I had great songs, sir. Those are two of my favorite songs, brother. I I praise the Lord for that. Amen. Uh, Luke chapter 8 this evening. Um, I appreciate you all faithfully coming. Sunday nights, I think, are special nights. I sometimes wonder if, they read the Apostle Paul's letter on a Sunday or Wednesday night. Jaman, <laughs> <laughs> you ought to hear the letter about Paul. What are you talking about? I slept in. I didn't get to hear it. Anyhow, uh, Mark uh, or Luke chapter number eight. Um, we'll just do a quick little study here this evening. Um, I was driving down the road on the way uh, over here. By the way, we had a great soul harvest over at the Leavenworth Prison. far as I know right now they're having services again this evening in the two different prisons there's actually two on the base there's like a um one of them is like a lower lower level they're any I believe like five years and down they just have a short time left to go and then of course there's the the disciplinary barracks which there's some guys there that'll never see life or never see uh, the free world again but right now I think it's right around eight souls came to know the Lord and and, but you know um, Beyond that, there's been so many that we were able to just encourage. There, there was two young men, very interesting, two young men that were pagans. Um, and we just had great conversations and uh, just just talked with them, you know, and they told me their stories and, and so on. And, and both of them had a salvation testimony. And I said, well, fellas, I said, you can worship pagan all you want. I said, but if you were truly born again at any time, you're not going to get away from that. And the one kid said yeah that's what that's what they say and I said that's what he says <laughs> uh and then this last one over here at the uh at the d b the the main one we i got to preach this morning in the little one or the other one but went over for the last part of the service and I got to deal with one soldier there and he just said he just wasn't sure he knew he'd been saved before so I spent a little bit of time with him and and, and let the scripture do the work. And, and, and of course, Romans chapter number 10 took him through each one of those passages and talked about the righteousness that we receive. It's not ours. Amen. That's the gift. We get the righteousness of Jesus. That's amazing. So when God sees me, he sees Jesus. That's pretty cool. The righteousness of Christ. Uh, and then, of course, I took him over and said, now, what does this say? For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, I said, shall be saved. Does that say might be saved? No, sir. I says, does it say that you shall, uh, whoever or whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord and be baptized shall be saved? He said, no, sir. I said, does it say whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall feel saved? And he said, no, sir. I said, so what's this say? And uh, he said, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I said, so have you called upon the Lord? And he said, yeah. I said, so what's that mean? And he looked, looked at me for a minute. He says, well, I'm saved. I said well, why in the world do you think you're saved? And he said, because he said so. And, and and you know what? I said those five words, man, because he said so. And I don't know how many times I had him repeat it. I said, now, you sure you're saved? And, yeah. I said, how do you know? Because he said so. And, and you know, when we can get to that point in our life, um, especially with salvation, how do we know we're saved? Well, because he said so, not because I said so, certainly not because I feel like it. Um, and, uh, certainly not because I did anything to get it. It's just simply because he said, so there's a whole lot of other promises in the Bible that we can, that we can grasp onto. Why? Because he said so. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, be of strong courage. Amen. And that's what he told, uh, a young Joshua. And I heard a preacher preach just a, a couple days ago. And he says, that's like grabbing hold of it and grasping. And he said, do be not, uh, Uh, dismayed. He said, uh, be of good courage. And that's like grabbing a hold of it and just hanging on. And well, we got to grab a hold of those promises, don't we? And and, uh, I preached to the boys. I Lord gave me that thought. I was listening to the Bible going down the road and and, uh, I had listened to uh, First Kings where the Bible had said that Solomon, there was no other king before him uh, with such great wisdom and none after him. Hezekiah was another one. There was no king before him and none after him. And, and, and really, I believe king, uh, king Hezekiah's, I'd have to dig my message back out, but I, I believe his was just simple simple obedience because he just tore all those things down. And, uh, and then Josiah, none like him before, none like him after. And, and his was just, his heart turned towards the Lord. And then I, I just, you know, two different preachers. First, uh, New Testament preachers that we see, uh, John the Baptist said, repent ye, and, and uh, uh, for the kingdom of God is at hand. So he's preaching, you've got to turn to the Lord. And Jesus shows up on the scene, he says, repent ye and believe the gospel. <laughs> so you've got to turn your heart to the Lord. So, so Josiah was the greatest king that uh, um, listed in the Bible among the greatest. It, it, uh, that'd be, I'd love to be listed somewhere in God's great list. I mean, wouldn't that be cool? Uh, when the Son of Man returns, shall he find faith on the earth? Well, maybe I can get somewhere in there and, and have some great faith. There's only a couple in the Bible that had great faith. Most of them didn't have any. First time you see it in the Old Testament, there was no faith. And the first time you see it in the New Testament, Jesus said, where's your faith, fellas? Uh, so uh, I, I don't know. But then the last, the last one, I'm just giving you an outline. I don't know why. But uh, the, the last one I saw, he said, listen, I'm chief. He said, I, I'm the biggest sinner there's ever been. And uh, that was the Apostle Paul. And I look what the Lord did with these guys, and all of them just full confidence, and basically what they were telling us is because he said so. Uh, boy, those words are just going to, matter of fact, you guys that get my devotions, probably going <laughs> to read something about because he said so, amen? Uh, so, but tonight we have Luke chapter number eight, or chapter, yeah, number chapter number eight. And um, uh, would you mind reading, or would you mind standing with me tonight? I'll just read that um, first three verses there in Luke eight, and... uh I really like to do that. My pastor used to do it, so when I started preaching, I did it because he always did it. But then I read the book of Nehemiah, and it said the books were open and the people stood, so I, I just kind of like to give a little bit of reverence to the Lord in His Word. Um, chapter number eight of Luke's gospel, and it came to pass afterward that he went throughout every city and village preaching and showing glad tidings of the kingdom of God, and the twelve were with him. Of course, this is Jesus. In verse number two, and a certain woman, and a certain woman, no, excuse me, and certain women which had been healed of every spirit, uh, of evil spirits, uh, y'all pray for me tonight, of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, uh, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others which ministered unto him with their substance. Let me just read verse 4 too. And when much people were gathered together and were come to him out of every uh, city, he spake by parable. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the soul harvest today, Lord. What a great joy it is in my heart to be able to simply see someone come to know Christ as their Savior, but then, Lord, to be the one to open up the Bible and show them and to see soldiers, grown men, strong men. Lord, with tears in their eyes and shaking under great conviction, call on you father and and then to be able to show them in your word that you said that their sins and iniquities you'll remember no more Wow, it's incredible, and I thank you for that privilege tonight lord i'm just kind of overwhelmed and I'm thankful for it now, Lord, as I begin to just give a little thought out of out of your blessed word tonight, would you guide me and would you watch over me in uh, Jesus' name Amen, thank you, be seated um I don't know. Most of you folks have been around me several different times, but uh, I just love the Lord. I love preaching. I love talking about Him. Uh, and the good news is, is, is He's writing a book. Everything I say, according to Malachi three sixteen, He's got. I like keeping them heavenly secretaries busy writing this stuff down up there. You know, Cause books were writ- Our books are written, so they'll be read. And one of these days, I probably said it here before. I think, Brother Fleshman, we're going to hear a, a call in heaven. Um, and he's going to say, okay, uh, Brother Van Horn, Brother Fleshman, you guys had some conversations together about, me. come on down, we're going to read your chapter in the book. <laughs> and he'll just op- crack the books open. I mean, right, brother? I, I believe, I don't know what heaven's going to be like. I've been studying a little bit on heaven uh, and uh, I've been reading uh, Randy Alcorn's book on heaven. That guy read 150 books on heaven uh, to compile his, his uh, thesis or his study on, on the book of, or on heaven. There's some pretty cool stuff in there. There's some some amazing thoughts. And I, I'm getting kinda happy about heaven, amen. It's it's gonna be pretty cool, amen. Um uh, by the way, I I, I left the hotel uh, this morning. In, just in case anybody's wondering, there's two rolls of toilet paper with gospel tracks in them. Amen. <laughs> I I do it everywhere I go. I I'm telling you, I can't wait till I get to heaven. Some dude comes up, says, "You'll never guess where I got saved." I say, "I know you got saved at the bathroom at the Holiday Inn. I, I just know it." Um, I love them gospel tracks. I love telling people about the Lord with a piece of paper or with my lips. Amen. It's just a thrill. Uh, to be able to do that, and some people like to listen, and those are the greatest because then you can talk to them. Sometimes you're just encouraging a Christian that's already saved. Uh, sometimes, you know, I've I've had them even just this weekend say, "Man, thank you for doing this. Thank you for telling telling me." Uh, and I, uh, you know, they're already saved, but they just they just thank you. Well, my it's my encouragement that that they'll do it. And just uh, yes, bear with me tonight, if you don't mind, and. And uh, preacher, I don't know what time you want me to stop. I know you got a deacons meeting, right? So I'll just, I'll just kind of plow through this thing and see what happens. Uh, in Luke chapter number 8 and verse 1, he said, And it came to pass afterward. After what? That's what you've got to look at in your Bible. So you go back up to Luke chapter number 7, and, and you see that Jesus um, uh, had evicted seven demons out of, out of Mary Magdalene. Uh, and he was informing Simon the Pharisee of his lack of displaying just the proper hospitality <laughs> uh, to an individual visiting his house, not to mention it was the Messiah. But he, uh, Simon didn't even give him a bowl of, of water to wash his feet. So he's, he's going through all those things, and he says, And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thy house, thou gavest me no water for my feet. But she would washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore, I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for thou lovest much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth much. Oh, boy, we just got to be careful of that. I love the Lord, and, and I know I've been forgiven. Amen. And I'm thankful that not only have I been forgiven, but I believe with all my heart God kept me from a bunch of junk. I believe he kept me from a bunch of junk. One of the things about the Apostle Paul, I preached on to those boys this morning, is Paul, uh, the chief of sinners, was born into the family that taught him to be a chief of sinner. Now, he said, wait a minute, he was born into a religious family. He certainly was. And there's a lot of religious people that are going to die and go to hell because they're religious, and he understood not only was he religious, and that was going to condemn him, but the zeal of his religion caused him to kill Christians. That was a pretty big deal. And uh, uh, he knew that, and he understood it, and he was forgiven much. But now I want you to go go with me tonight, and I will just give you a couple of simple thoughts. Um, I've asked the Lord, uh, and matter of fact, I bought a book, because uh, ever since I, I became a preacher, I, I really, I didn't know the book. I didn't, I'll be... I'm, I'm just kind of being transparent tonight. When God called me to preach, he called me off a roof. I was just a construction worker. I went to church. I, uh, uh, I, I sat under the, churching on, or the preaching in, on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday. But, you know, I, I had never had anybody teach me the doctrines of the Bible. And here I am. I'm, I'm called to preach. And what am I called to preach? Well, I'm called to the whole counsel of the Word of God. So I had to, get, I had to kick it in gear and get some studying going on and find something. And I'll be honest with you, when I came to that doctrine of repentance, I wanted to find out exactly what repentance meant because Jesus preached it. I, I, you realize that, that, especially us preachers, are how, held accountable for every word that we speak and every word that we preach and teach. We're held accountable. And I wanted to make sure I had it straight. And I believe I do have it straight. I don't think you have to stop sinning to get saved, that's works oriented but I certainly think you've got to be sick and tired of your lifestyle. And I certainly believe that you need to be at a point in your life where you want something different, and you've got to be willing to forsake what's not working and turn to what is. And then God will give you that gift of repentance. That's what I believe it is because that's what the Bible teaches. Uh, And when you get that gift of repentance, then God changes you. You don't change yourself. God does the work. He does it all. I know I'm saved. Why? Why? That's simple. Because you guys are good listeners. <laughs> but I wanted to preach like Jesus. I, I, I know when I see him, I'll be just like him. That's going to be pretty cool. But I thought, well, here I am. I'm in front of your people. Uh, I have a platform where I speak to a lot of different people. Um, my pen speaks to a lot of people. I wanted to, I said, Lord, I want, to, I want, to, I want, I want people to see you in me. Um, Not that I'm after anything, but I'm after the souls of men. So I I want them to see Jesus. So I bought a book. You know what the book was? Preaching like Jesus. Yeah, it was a pretty cool book. I got about through the first, maybe half the chapter. Then I read Luke chapter number eight and found out how to preach like Jesus. (laughs) Because Jesus came in, uh, the Bible says, went throughout every city and village. He didn't miss a spot. Our Savior didn't miss a spot, didn't miss a person whenever he went. He stopped off in Luke chapter number seven there, and he stopped off and, and and healed some poor weeping woman's son that was dead. Everybody he touched either got healed or got their life back, and that's what he is. Uh, that's what he did. But listen to what he says. It says that he was preaching, uh, which is preaching is 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 sharing the good news to the community. It's just it's just speaking about the gospel. Um, and then, uh, but he was showing glad tidings of the kingdom of God. You know, he's he just telling people about heaven. So, uh, I my study doesn't really get. I don't know. I, I like to use my Bible, and I like to use a, a um, uh, Noah Webster's eighteen twenty eight dictionary. Um, I'm, I'm not, I don't know Hebrew and Greek, so I, I I don't know all those things. I don't know who. Well, I've got an idea because I did do a little bit study who, who wrote the Strong's Concordance and did that translation work. And, and when I it, there's a book called Hazardous Material. It's, it's really very interesting. I'm not going to go there tonight. But that, when, when I read some of that and studied a little bit about that, I said, you know, I'm going to stick to my dictionary and, and let those that know Hebrew uh, preach and teach in Hebrew and I'll preach and teach in, in English because I, I, I've got a pretty good grip on that, although I, I, I tear the English language up. But I took my dictionary and I looked up that word glad tidings and tidings. And this is what, what it said. It, um, I believe Jesus always preached heaven sweet. Uh, and I think he let the people know that hell was hot. Uh, the word tidings means news. But you know what else it also means? It means advice. There's a lot of times us preachers just give advice. And we do share some news. There, there's some news. There's some headlines out there today. But there's also some headlines uh, that's that, that's getting ready to come, and 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 we give them information. I mean, there was some of the preaching that I did and, and teaching today to those to those men that I was able to deal with. I just gave them some information. What you do with information is totally up to you. Uh, King Solomon was granted all the wisdom, the greatest wisdom man ever. Nobody had the wisdom of Solomon. Nobody had the wisdom like him before him or after him. But he was one of the biggest fools in the Bible. I mean, 700 wives, 300 concubines. What was he thinking? I mean, that's crazy. It's like putting a gallon of paint inside of this, five gallons of paint in here, and saying, We want to paint them walls a different color, and right there's the paint, but the walls will never get painted until you take the paint out of the bucket and you put it on the walls. And, and Solomon had the wisdom, but he never applied it. Never applied it. Well, here we have information. And, and and what Jesus was preaching and teaching is he was giving people enough information not only to get to heaven but how to be happy, how to enjoy life. He wants us to enjoy this life. Uh, and, and and listen, an enjoyable life is not a life of without turmoil and trials. Those are coming to everybody. We can't get away from that. But how we handle it is is basically going. You can handle it according to the information that's in here there's another word that Mr. Webster used for that word tidings, and it's intelligence coming from the military base. have a little bit of a military background served four years in the air force and, and I was just a grunt, just uh, one down there in the doing a little bit of electrical work while while the men uh uh that were watching our country they were having meetings and they were it was called intelligence <laughs> it, it was the men's that had the smarts my cousin i I just got to go spend some time with my cousin. hadn't seen him for years, uh, and Kurt was a lieutenant colonel in in the airborne division with the United States Army for for thirty some years. I think, man, he's just so brilliant. Uh, I I did a quick Google search this morning and found he wrote an article um at, called "The Prairie Warriors." I can't wait to pull it up and read it because he and I talked to him a little bit about that stuff, and he said there was one other article he wrote, but but he was brilliant and 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 actually. Uh, brother, what happened is in the last part of his career was right after uh, uh, September 11th. And, and the military's mind had to change. So a group of men went into intelligence meetings and Kurt helped design uh, the format of the way we uh, teach and train the military personnel on in, in the foreign lands with this new type of warfare, this terrorist type of warfare. It's intelligence, and who else to teach intelligence than the Lord Jesus Christ? But we have to come up with our own intelligence according to the things that He's teaching us on how to handle prairie warfare, man, because we're in a battle. We're in a battle. And then He says this: uh, that word uh, "glad tidings" is—is—is is, um, is this an account of what has been, what has taken place? He's going to say, oh, "Oh, this is what's already happened." But then he said, and was not known before. This book was loaded with mysteries before Jesus showed up. And then all of a sudden, he opened the eyes and we began to see the big picture. You and I are blessed beyond our wildest imagination to know what God's up to. We know what he's up to. But you know, also I noticed secondly in this passage is there was some recognition that he gave to just some certain women. Now, he didn't bother to tell the 12's name right there. He just said the 12 were with him. (laughs) If you're a true follower of God and you need special attention, you might as well go get a job, right? I'm not saying that working for God isn't a job, but if you've got to have a pat on the back and you've got to be recognized and you've got to have your name on the marquee, you might as well just get out of the business and go find something else to do because you're going to find yourself in trouble. But you're going to be right in the middle of that word "pride" with that "i" letter, and God can't stand pride. Uh, so, so here we have. Uh, but there are certain people, um, certain people that need some recognition, and and here he gave some special recognition to the women that were with him. You know, he wanted Mary Magdalene to know. You know what? I'm proud of you. So he called her name. You think about why. I'm going to tell you something. What happens to Mary Magdalene and ladies like her? Oh, yeah, she's just as born again as you and I. But you don't think the devil wants to come back and remind her of her past? Brother Fleshman, am I not right with the addiction program? You not think that the devil wants to come back and haunt her and say, you can't do anything for God the way you were? What's the matter with you? I mean, look at King David over in Psalm 42. He's so tore up. He's listening to the devil speak to his mind and, and then all of a sudden, he comes to himself and begins to speak to his own self and said, wait a minute, why art thou cast down, O my soul, hope thou in God. He had to speak to himself, had to speak to his way out of it. But here we've got some certain women, uh, and, and honestly, the ladies are uh, of the, the weaker vessel. I'm just preaching tonight, it's in the Bible, because uh, the women were deceived. That's, that's what the, the Bible says, uh, Eve was deceived, and and that, that crazy Adam, um, man, he just did it. And I, I don't know whether this is true or not. I've often thought it. I think maybe he thought, I don't know what I can do without that woman. I love her. So I guess if I'm going to hang around her, I'm going to have to be a part of what she's done. I don't know. But I know one thing. He took a bite just like she did, he took a bite just exactly the same way she did. But here we got Mary Magdalene, and we got Joanna, and we got Susanna. Uh, and, and it also says, now, now look, and many others, so there's a lot of folks that, that have done so many great things for the Lord and helped him. He needs help. Uh, I mean, we don't understand that. Uh, you, you go back to John chapter 4, I preach a message out of John chapter 4. Jesus is sitting where? At the well. What well? Jacob's well. Well, What's that mean? Who dug it? Jesus? Jacob did. Jacob was the one that did all that work, digging that well, so Jesus could have a spot to get him a drink and win that woman to the Lord. I mean, everything that goes on in our lives, we're just simply entering into somebody else's labor. And if we want to start claiming it ourselves, you're going to be in big trouble. So just be a part of the many others and don't worry about any recognition here. And our time's going to come when we sit up at the judgment seat of Christ. Hallelujah. And he begins to tell us what we've done. That's the beauty of having a bad memory. I forget so much, brother. I would tell you people try and remind me of some of the things I've. I said, really, and some are good and some aren't real good either. You know, but I thank the Lord uh, that one of these days we're going to be able to stand before Him, and He's going to, uh, He's going to tell us some things that we've done. He's going to ward us and He's going to pat us on the back. Amen. And, and I, I'm certainly, certainly thankful for that. There's a lot of folks that really just feel unworthy of their salvation, and they have to have that special recognition. You go to the prisons. I spent 21 and a half years working in prison. I spent the last two days working in prison. There's a lot of guys in there that, you know, I'm just not worthy of this. So what do we got to do? We got to give them some glad tidings. We've got to teach them. We got to help them to understand, yeah, you messed up, but that's back here. God forgot it. That's why I love to show them Hebrews 10, 16 and 17. But I want you to notice their job description. Each one of these women They ministered unto him with their substance. They didn't minister unto him with somebody else's substance. They said, what do you got? And they ministered, they just, God doesn't expect us to to do things outside of the boundaries of our capabilities. That's why the book says, when a man worketh inside of his gift, it's in Proverbs, he'll stand before great men. Find your gift, find what you're good at, and then use that gift for the service of the Lord, whatever it may be, find that gift, exercise it, and use it. And that's how they—that's how they did this. Um, you know, the twelve and uh, and certainly the women and many others, but each person used their own personal skills. And, and you know what they did—not not only their skills but their substance—but they created the atmosphere for Jesus to preach. They just took what they had and they—they—they they, they worked it all out. They made it possible. Some cooked. <laughs> Hallelujah for those that can cook. Amen. <laughs> Some cooked. You know what? Um, I was getting ready to preach, and, and somebody just brought me up a bottle of water. Thank the Lord. I needed something to drink. And you know what? They just brought... And, and I believe those people, and what he's trying to say here is they were just doing what they could, and each one of them are going to get the same special recognition for making sure that that preaching service went on with a bang that it needed to have, and that souls would get saved. That's what Jesus is all about. It's teamwork. You'll hear it said for me uh, often, no big me, little you in God's economy. No big me, little you. Yeah, there's different responsibilities that carry your heavier load. Talk about the heaviest load in the room. It certainly isn't your preacher. It's his wife. She has to put up with him when he's going through all the stuff putting up with us. And that's a heavy load. And I hope you got the preacher's wife on your on your prayer list. And ask the Lord to help her to learn how to drive a scooter, amen? <laughs> no big me, little you. If you're a janitor, if you're a, if you're a nursery worker, or if you're a, a teenager that just makes sure all the books are put back in place or the, the stuff's picked up on the floors or... Find yourself a little job. God will give you a little job in the church, and you can have your own part. It's pretty cool because there's something for everybody to do to make sure that the pastor, when he stands up, and that the word of God is thundered, and the atmosphere and the situation is in the place where Jesus can preach and the people can hear. Thank God for sound men and sound ladies. Hallelujah. I mean, do we ever thank the Lord for a sound man? I do, often. They they keep this thing going. Um. But I want you to—I want you to see this. I want you to take First Chronicles, um, First Chronicles tonight, and I want you to see uh, King David. No big me, little you. Chapter 29. twenty-nine, First Chronicles, chapter twenty-nine, um, and uh, verse number one. Furthermore, David, the king, said unto all the congregation, "Solomon, my son, whom uh, alone God hath chosen." is yet young and tender, and the work is great. For the palace is, is not for man, uh, but for the Lord God. David knew, David knew what he was doing. He was creating a, a work and a place and an atmosphere for the Lord. He wasn't creating it for Solomon. He wasn't creating it for himself. And he knew he wasn't doing it by himself. And he knew that he couldn't build the temple. He wasn't allowed to because he was a bloody man. And he understood that. So what did he do? He, he prepared. He, he helped get the, the funds. He helped gather all. The, he he went back and, and, and called in all of his buddies, all the, the favors that, that were owed to him. And, and he got all the cedar and the gold and the brass and brought it all in and put it in a pile. And said, okay, Solomon, matter of fact, here's the plans. All you got to do is put this thing to work. And he used his wisdom and he put it to work. <laughs> That's how it worked. That's exactly how it worked. Um, back in February, my schedule out of town um, uh, was just a little bit was just a little bit crazy, and I, I wasn't going to be able to be home for for uh, Valentine's Day. Sometimes those things happen. Well, a lot of times with me and my family, with my poor wife, and um, you know she come up to me, and you women will, under, women will understand this. I don't get it because I I just I just cut my fingernails off and I smash them. But she says, Mike, I don't want a card. I don't want flowers. She said, I just want to get my fingernails done. So you girls do your nails. And and I said, no problem, baby. Uh, We'll take care of that. So I got up to leave that Friday, that that, uh, that, um, Valentine's Day, and I went down to um, the public store, which is about a mile away from the house, and bought her some flowers. (laughs) And I bought her a card. And yes, I put enough money in there so she can get her fingernails done, amen. Uh, Just to say thank you. And and you know what the card said? Uh, This is what the card said. I just want to thank you. I just want to thank you. Uh, And it said, we're usually so busy playing, living the dream, that I do not think to stop and tell you how much I appreciate you. Ooh, that kind of hit me. And so I wrote a little note in that card, and, and I told her, I said, Honey, I said, I tell you all the time that I love you, but I seldom tell you I appreciate you. So you guys know what I did? I went to my No Webster, 1828, Dictionary, because I wanted to see what that word really means, because it's a strong word. It's a strong, strong word. You know what that word means? It means to, to value, or, or to, to set a price on, or to value it. And I got to thinking, I I don't, I don't know what I could have accomplished. Well, I know I, I couldn't have been in the ministry without my wife. You all know my wife's testimony. And I went home and told her God called me to the prison ministry. She could have said, uh-uh, buddy, no way. But because she understood biblical forgiveness, she says, let's do this thing. And and, and we went. And to be gone from my home 17 to, 20, 17 to 22 days a month for 20-some years, just gone and come back and... And leave again and and for her to put up with all that stuff but uh and she allows me to be in the minute and I told her I said I I appreciate it listen to what Mr Webster says he said we seldom sufficiently appreciate the advantages we enjoy oh man alive man alive Jesus is preaching these glad tidings and and he's talking to these people, and, 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 and just the servants that he's given us, we, we need to serve because we appreciate. We need to serve because we appreciate him. Oh, man, well, uh, there's no other way, uh, really, um, to express our appreciation to the Lord than to just do what he's asked us to do. That's simple. We just read our Bible, we pray, we spread his word. Actions, you know, speak a much louder uh, than words. Um, and I also, uh, inside the card says, but on a day like this, it's the number one thing I want to do just to let you know how happy you make me. Does Jesus make us that happy? There's something else I, I went on to, uh, uh, to continue to, uh, uh, to look at in that, that word and uh, that word appreciate also means um, not only to set a price or to a value upon uh, something, but it also means that it's increased in value. Increased in value. Um, I got to thinking about First Corinthians 6, 19. What, know you not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost of God, which is in you, which you have of God? You're not your own, for you're bought with a price. He says, therefore, glorify God in your... Bodies and in your spirit, which are God's, we, we don't even belong to ourselves. So let me ask you a question: When God bought you, He got you the way you were. Then He forgave you, cleaned you up, and you're brand new. You're brand new. Okay, so have we appreciated in value since He bought us? Are, are, are we are we a go-to guy or a go-to gal? Are we something when He needs something done? Uh, uh, like some song leading, amen. We can go to him, Amen, and he's going to get it done, praise the Lord, and he's going to get it done right. God can go to him. Um when God comes to are you have you increased in the knowledge and the grace that he's given us so that you're constantly learning and you're you're growing to a point where, well, now he's he's starting to bud off in different spots. We can use him over here now too, like a tree would grow. We well now he's he's got to the point where he not only knows this, but he can do this. So uh, so the Lord might say, "Okay, now look, you're doing a great job over here, but I got something over here for you to do now." Because we're we're appreciating, we're we're growing in our in our value. Uh, I, I looked this up, and in 1972, the price of gold was sixty three dollars and eighty four cents an ounce. <laughs> right now, it's appreciated just a little bit. I think it's close to two thousand dollars an ounce right now, thereabouts. Uh, When I looked it up that day, it was $1,979.50, but it's always going up. You know what increased in value? I did the math by 3,018%. I want to increase in value, Brother Fleshman. I want God to say, boy, this is what you started out. Man, you were a good investment. Uh, Forget the stock market, amen? I I like what um, Psalm chapter number 4 and verse 3 said. Because this is what God does to those that are valuable to him. You know, he he appreciates us too. He wants to say thank you to those that that serve him. Uh, And he does that by taking care of us. In Psalm chapter number 4, verse 3, he says, But know that the Lord hath set apart him that is godly for himself. Set him apart. Um, uh, The Lord will hear when I call unto him. Uh, when I first read that verse years and years ago, Psalm chapter number four is one of my favorite verses, one of my favorite chapters in the book of Psalms because of this. I got to thinking about one of those. Uh, I'm, at that time, uh, the Cleveland Indians were really winning, and they were they had this big, long winning streak. My kids were little. They liked to listen to the Cleveland Indians on radio. I took my kids to a couple Cleveland Indians baseball games, and they have what, I can't remember what they call them things, but right over the, 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 the uh, home plate, they have these big... Uh, Beautiful layouts, where, and we didn't get to go into one, but there's all this food that you can eat, anything that you want to drink, and air-conditioned, and there's a big glass bubble, just in case there's a foul ball that comes back, and that foul ball couldn't hurt you if it wanted to. You know why? Because you're protected, you're in that bubble. And I like to think of that, that, that uh, those that are godly, uh, those that are increasing in value, he, he just kind of, mm. If you got some jewelry or some money or some guns or, or something that's valuable, you don't leave it lay on the kitchen table when you go away, do you? <laughs> what do you do? You protect it, hide it, you put it in a safe, you put it in a safe place. That's what God will do for us. That, now, that's some pretty glad tidings, church. That's some pretty good stuff. That, that's some things that Jesus wants us to know as Christians that he's going to do for us. You know why I know he's going to do it because he said he would. Because he said so. That's exactly right, man. Well, I, I certainly don't want to be like a cheap toy from a bubblegum machine. That's for sure. But I want to take you back to First Chronicles, um, chapter twenty-nine, and then I'll, I'll be done tonight. But I just want you to, to see the heart of the man of God, King, King Solomon, um, or King David, excuse me. Uh, King David appreciated what the Lord did for him. He was thankful. Um, and I'm thankful for what the Lord's done for us, and I, I appreciate those glad tidings, and, and I'm glad I can minister unto him with, with just simply the things that I have and give him anything and everything I have. And there's no big me, little you. I'm just trying to get everybody together to get their gift and to get everybody's gift into the proper spot so we can have a well-oiled machine. Um, and here's, here's King David. Um, they had, uh, in, in verse number uh, verse number 6, then the chief of the fathers of the princes of the tribes of Israel and the captains of thousands and hundreds and the rulers of the king's work. They offered willingly. They offered of, of the substance that they had, w- what they could do. Uh, some of it, of course, you'll see was a lot of money. And they gave for the service of the house of God of gold, 5,000 talents, 10,000 trams of silver. I need to study this out and see what that was worth to see the value. There's some people in the Bible that gave large, large gifts, not too many, but there's several large gifts. a matter of fact, I think that little woman that cast in them two mites gave the biggest. That's what Jesus said. She gave beyond what she had. She gave a year's wage. Uh, and then it goes on to say in 1,000 talents of, and of brass, 18,000 talents and 100,000 talents of iron. And they with whom precious stones were found gave them to the treasure of the house of the Lord and the hand of Jehiel and, and the, the Gershonite. Then the people rejoiced for they had offered willingly because with the perfect heart they offered willingly to the Lord And David the king also rejoiced uh, with great joy. Now, listen to what David did. Wherefore, David blessed the Lord. What did he do? He showed his appreciation. He showed it to him. He blessed the Lord before all the congregation, was not afraid to do it publicly, didn't care what anybody thought. And David said, Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever, Thine, O Lord, is thy greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is thy kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from thee, and thou reignest over all. And in thy hand is power and might, and in thine hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. Now, therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. But whom am I, and I, and uh, and what is my people that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort? So all th- for all things come of thee, and thine own have we given thee. For we are strangers before thee and sojourners, as were all of our fathers our days on the earth as a shadow, and there is none abiding. O Lord our God, all this store we have prepared to build thee in-house, for thine holy name cometh of thine hand, and is all thine own. He goes on to say, I know also, my God, that thou triest the heart, and thou hast pleasure in uprightness. As for me, in the uprightness of my heart, I have willingly offered all these things, and now have I seen with joy thy people which are present here to offer willingly unto thee. O oh, Lord God of, Isaac, of Abraham and Isaac and of Israel, our fathers, keep this forever in the imagination of the thoughts of the heart of the people and prepare thy heart unto thee. And give unto Solomon, my son, a perfect heart. God answered David's prayer when Solomon went to praying for wisdom. That's pretty huge. God answered the prayer of his father. And then the Solomon comes with that prayer and God answers his prayer. My statutes and, 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 uh, and do all these things to build thy palace for which I have made provision. Just became a part of it. Uh, I'm glad David blessed the Lord and gave the Lord all the glory. Uh, David increased in value in the Lord even after he had a crash in the stock market. Because that dude crashed big time. He crashed in a, in a big way, uh, but he asked the Lord not to take the Holy Ghost from him, and guess what? The Lord didn't. And he asked the Lord to restore him, and guess what? He did. And then David kept his promise. He said, and then I will teach transgressors thy way, and sinners shall be converted. Amen. That's exactly what he did. So I thank the Lord for my Bible tonight. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I think I may have went a little long, uh, but uh, I do praise the Lord for you folks. I, I, I thank you, preacher. And I hope and pray all, all goes well for you. Father, uh, Lord, I, I hope and pray that if there is someone in this room that's lost, Lord, if they're uncertain of their salvation, they'll understand that. They'll confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in their heart that you have raised him from the dead. My Bible says you shall be saved. And Lord, it says, and then if they'll, with their heart, with the heart, they'll believe with under righteousness. It's a turning, it's a changing of mind. Lord, you said if, you'll, if they'll ask you, You'll save them. So I'm glad you saved me, Lord. But I pray now, Father, if there's someone that just has a little bit of need, I pray maybe this message has been an encouragement to them. Thank you, Lord, for being the type of preacher that preaches glad tidings and lets people know that heaven is possible. It's available for all mankind. Lord Jesus, we praise you tonight. In Christ's name.